0: You know, I like my protagonist slightly broken, what can I say? Hello, you are listening to Grape Culture, the podcast where we talk about wine, pop culture, and feminism. I'm Kim, I'm Sam, and we hope you enjoy the show. On this week's episode, we are going to be talking about The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary, which is both a book and a show, but we're lazy and we just read the book, so we'll be talking about the book version. But before we get into that, Kim, wine, what's the sitch?
1: I have the Bruce Jack Reserve Collection, Stream of Consciousness Bruce. 2021. The reason that I chose this is because of the name, Stream of Consciousness. I was like, well, that's something for grape culture. And then when we read this book, the which we're going to have a brief summary of in a minute, but follows two characters, Tiffy and Leon, tiffy her voice in the book is very much a kind of stream of consciousness a whirlwind of opinions and ideas and bouncing from one idea to another mm-hmm. so it felt really appropriate also bruce jack pinotage is one of my favorite wines so i have high hopes for this one mm, Bold. so this is a this is a red blend it is a blend of sinsol shiraz grenache
0: okay
1: the tasting notes are a hedonistic nose of chocolate-spothered purple plums, framed by vanilla and Indian spices, introduces a palette of enveloping black and red forest fruit with brambles and white pepper.
0: Red wine. It sounds very mouth-coated. What's it smell like? Let's pour it and find out. Yeah. Ah, no, don't like it. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. Uh, I no. It might grow on me. It might be a Dilla Moran. Ah, fuck. Ah, that's all right, actually. Definitely chocolate. Very chocolatey. What the fuck? I can't.
1: I'm getting a lot of like... tastes like the bottom of a mocha. (laughs) I'm getting a lot of back of my mouth tastes, but not a lot of front of my mouth tastes.
0: (laughs) All the flavours at the back.
1: (laughs) Mm. I've already got a headache. Yeah, a lot Choc- the there. chocolate is the chocolate is the
0: note.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is like, it's what I imagine it would taste like if you put chocolate in red wine, like melted it in. Yeah, yeah, which isn't necessarily a good thing.
0: I love you saying necessarily as though anyone would think that was a good idea.
1: I know people who would think that was a great idea.
0: Yeah, I'm not convinced about this. Sorry.
1: I don't. I I I am okay with it honestly it's taken me a while to taste the chocolate like it involved swishing i i'm not blown away i did have red just before this whereas you've come from white i have come from white (laughs) okay well we'll see we'll Mm. see with that underwhelming (laughs) response (laughs) to this carefully chosen wine sam do you want to give us a brief summary of the flat share
0: i will endeavor to do my best okay so, The Flatshare is about two people, Tiffy and Leon. Tiffy is recently has recently broken up with her boyfriend, whose name I've forgotten. Justin. Justin, who's a cunt. And she's looking for somewhere else to live, but she lives in London. And, oh, shock horror, London's really expensive. Um, for rent, anyway. Well, for everything. But, yeah, so she's looking for somewhere to rent that is affordable. And she finds an advert for a flat that is basically, like, you can you can live here I'm looking for a roommate but I work nights the idea is that it's one bedroom and you share you have the bed at night when I'm at work and then I have a bed during the day so this is Leon's flat and he's never the the idea is that he's not ever going to meet or really run into the person he's looking for to share his room and uh, so Tiffy moves in with Leon Leon has a girlfriend who is really like you can never meet Tiffy because that's the rule of you sharing a bed with this woman except they never actually physically share a bed that's the point so there's she kind of like gatekeeps and doesn't let them meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffy, of course, works in publishing because, you know, it's a rom-com. And what else do women do if not work in publishing when you're in a rom-com? Leon is a palliative care nurse, mm-hmm. which is why he works nights. And to communicate, they leave each other sort of a series of post-its throughout the day. And it builds up into this lovely friendship, which then develops into this very wholesome romance. But Tiffy's being like treated very, very badly by her abusive ex-boyfriend. There's various scenes and a trigger warning that there are instances of emotional abuse, of violence, threatened violence, and various other things within this book. But ultimately, everything is good,
1: and it's a happy ending, and that's sort of it. (laughs) There's <laughs> yeah. a whole lot
0: more, but I think that's good. No,
1: I key. think I think that's right. There's a host of side characters that I'm sure we'll get into, mm. but that that is the that is the main mm. plot. Mm. What did you think of it? Was it what you expected?
0: It was what I expected. Be in the the main thing I'd seen about it actually before we decided to do it was I'd seen it was on 4D something mm. like that. One of one of the many internet channels. I'd seen adverts <laughs> for the TV show online. And I knew that it was about, oh, two people who share a bed, but they never see each other. So in that instance, yes, it was exactly what it said. It was obvious that it was going to be a romance. I did feel like it was a really sort of drawn out version of the, oh no, they get to the inn and then there's only one bed. Yeah. <laughs> sort of situation. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, not quite as... forced
1: proximity and yet they're never in the exactly. same room together. Exactly. For like two thirds of the book.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I... I expected that and there were subplots I didn't expect, mm-hmm. uh, such as the subplot with Leon's brother, which we will get into in a bit I think. And I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I thought it was going to be sheer trash mm-hmm. and it was only partial trash.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what That's did it. you think?
1: Yeah, I so I have read one other Beth Leary book mm. and so I was expecting the coming in from the side like emotions and it wasn't just going to be like a boy meets girl romance that there was going to be more about their lives and overcoming obstacles and difficulties that being said i think that i still didn't expect the like the level of those difficulties that this book has a lot of subplots and a lot of feelings that aren't just romantic feelings. But I too had seen those adverts. And that was like, that was also interesting that I hadn't seen, they don't have very long trailers, but it wasn't quite exactly how I expected that to be either. There was a, there was a lot more heart. I agree with you. It's not like straight trash, but it is, it is predictably a romance. It's not trying to be anything other, but I think that it has a lot in it that is, a bit unexpected, if especially if you look at if you don't know Beth O'Leary and you just look at the cover, yeah, you're thinking lovely, shiny romance, not like prison and abusive ex boyfriends yeah, not
0: coming to the terms after the fact that you're in an emotionally abusive relationship and didn't even realize, yeah, 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 it was a lot deeper than that, uh- what
1: about you have you read any Beth O'Leary before? no? okay that's a super fun (laughs) conversation
0: but but as someone who has how did this sort of measure up to what you've read from
1: her before so the one that i've read before was the switch okay which i can remember no characters yeah yeah obviously i can remember no characters names i can just about (laughs) remember who she ends up with but it was lovely like the thing that I liked about the Switch is that it it had unusual characters. It had, you know, it had the, the character that you're expecting, which is the woman in a rom-com who works in, like, publishing or something. <laughs>
0: Either um, publishing or PR, usually. Yeah, I think yep. it
1: might even have been, yep. been PR in this case. Or PR
0: for publishing.
1: And, but you also had the, her grandmother. Oh, okay. Which I really enjoyed, like, okay. that storyline. And they, they swap houses, basically. So I think that... I think that there is very much a style to beth o'leary's work there is an element of throwing two people together who maybe otherwise wouldn't have met or wouldn't have reconnected there is i think in both of these books there is a negative foil and a positive newish person or maybe not new person like in some cases i don't think that they're necessarily new but like there is a there is a negative and there is a positive and it's very much about like the comparisons between those two and there is a lot of heart and subplot and a sense of like community and stuff going on around it yeah that she tries to give people full lives not just romantic lives yes which i appreciate and i think pulls off i think i preferred the flat share for a number of reasons but also I think that the flat share hit harder in those subplots I I do think that Beth O'Leary has a very distinctive style and an enjoyable humor that does manage to tackle these things in what I think is mostly a good way yeah I do wonder even though I liked this one more whether there was too much
0: There was too much.
1: I felt the same when I was reading The Switch, that I felt that there was a lot of subplots and maybe too many, like maybe had gone on a bit longer than I necessarily wanted it to. In this one, it felt, I think because I was reading it more critically and also because my library hold expired on it. (laughs) So I had like a couple of weeks before I I got to a point and then I had a couple of weeks and then I finished it and I was like, oh damn, there's like a lot of shoehorning stuff in here. Someone who's never read any Beth O'Leary did you feel like this was a distinctive style apart from other romances that you've read or other, and I shudder to use this term, women's literature.
0: Ugh, chick lit. Yeah, I did think there was a distinct style. I thought there was a very distinct kind of type of humour to it. It felt, and I hate this word, fresh, fresh, fresh. If I like a fresh take, I mean, having I've read a lot of sort of noughties, nineties, romances like Sophie Kinsella Wendy Holden all that kind mm-hmm. of thing and this was this felt different to me although I was read, annoyingly I was reading this at the same time as a book called Dead Romantics which mm. has been doing around on BookTok by Ashley P- Post and Post and something like that and I kept getting the two confused because they're oh, both no. about fucking women in publishing and <sighs> Although, actually, I don't know why I got them confused, because one of them is about a man who's a ghost. So I don't, <laughs> I don't really know how that happened. So I thought it was a good romance. I did not see them getting together as early as they did, because mm-hmm. uh, it was, what, about halfway through the book? Mm-hmm. And usually it's, you know, the big sweeping gesture at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this had a lot more... It had a lot more time with them together, which was actually quite nice. Yeah. Because I think if you just met at the end and be like, Oh, we've just been leaving each other post notes for six months and yeah. now we're in love, that would have been a bit of a, a, a letdown.
1: Yeah, it allowed them to grow their relationship in a way that was authentic, but also it gave them time to each address their specific things yes. without it being like, they've made up this romance in their head like that that, that yeah. they've fallen in love with just a fantasy like they actually got to fall in love with real people and go through real experiences with each other yes and they do go through a lot of real experiences and they have disagreements and stuff like that and i think this comes on to my next question but it made it for me a little bit more believable that this scenario could play out in this mm. way how about you did you find the book believable no fair enough
0: <laughs> i i can see <laughs> I can see the believability of the rental crisis in the UK causing people to share a bed when they're not together. What I couldn't find believable was, look, the fact that they never, they never met until, oh my god, look, they stumbled into the bathroom and they were both naked sort of situation. I also didn't find it believable how, so Leon's brother, Richie, who is, the, the plot is that he has been wrongly imprisoned for, and armed robbery, and, you know, will the aim is to get him out of prison and Leon's trying really hard to work on his appeal, but his lawyer's a dick. The fact that Tiffy just happens to know this hotshot, you know, barrister, lawyer, who is able to get him out of jail at the end was a bit like, Oh, come the fuck on.
1: Well, also the fact that Leon happens to know like a dedicated knitter with nothing else to do, but yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you. Like there are points in this, which I think were unbelievable tempering that with the fact that there are things that happen in everyday life that are woefully unbelievable and it sometimes you know truth is strange than fiction and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. i agree that there are an awful lot of coincidences in this mm-hmm. book but at the same time like i'm not asking for a true to life 100 percent story because it's, it's it is a fictional book i did think that <laughs> When I think about the, like the believability, you know, your point about Gertie, which is the high, the, the highfalutin lawyer, yeah. good point. <laughs> but then, you know, we have we are f- we are a venture group with people doing vastly different things. Yeah. So, yeah. arguably, that could happen. Do I think that it's unreasonable that someone might like rent a flat in this in this way? No. The most unbelievable thing that I found was that she was being paid minimum wage and able to live in London. <laughs> yeah, at all. At all. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure that, you know, like I've never lived in London, but like, it just didn't I just felt so unbelievable and I I think it may be that's the HR in me.
0: <laughs> but I was
1: I was I was there <laughs> thinking about this bloody publisher company that she works for being like, this simply would not happen. But yeah, I I didn't find it unbelievable in the sense that i felt like everything that was happening in it could happen i did have a little bit of like is everything really going to happen to these two people mm-hmm. and are they then going to get married after two years yeah like that was that was the part that i like that these two people who are so different yes they've they, they're spitted with each other and everything but like that seems quite fast or oh,
0: they've already lived together i guess
1: yeah 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 but i think one of the things that beth o'leary does she's giving her characters full lives they have friends and they have dramas and they're not immediately like good at everything and they don't always have mind-blowing sex straight away or if they do like it gets interrupted or you know they they don't always like each other or they make the you know they sleep with the wrong guy blah, blah blah that that felt true in this but at the same time, I think sometimes the effort to give her characters full lives made some of it seem a little bit unbelievable, because all we know about Gertie is that she's a highfalutin barrister. And it's like, well, how did you ever really become friends with Tiffy when you were not just a highfalutin barrister, but also apparently quite a like reserved cold person? in appearance if not actually in nature how does leon end up in palace of, you know like all these things that he's doing how does he have the money to be gallivanting around to brighton or whatever all over the country every weekend there's a lot of like there's a lot of suspension of disbelief yeah. in order to give the characters the well-rounded lives that beth o'leary clearly feels is important and i think is characteristic of her books
0: So we've just mentioned a lot of different characters there. We've got, obviously, Tiffy and Leon. We've got Mo and Gertie, who are Tiffy's friends. There's also, isn't there not another one of her friends that she works with? There is Richie, Leon's brother. There is Leon's girlfriend. Like, there are a shit ton of people in this book. for something that's Mm. only 400 pages long. And then there's also Justin, dickbag, Mm ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. and t- martin terrible and martin terrible co-worker, co-worker. And, the y- and the crochet lady if if you've read the book you know who we mean but there's a lot of people Listen, there's a lot of, a lot of people yeah what did you think of the characterization of all of these characters and i'm thinking in particular tiffy because there's a couple of things i've read and there's a couple of things that we've talked about off podcast where mm. she is very much given the treatment of i'm not like other girls mm-hmm. Why do you think Beth O'Leary wrote her like that? And do you think it did her a disservice? Or do you think it worked well in the plot
1: of the book? I completely see how Tiffy can be a manic pixie dream girl. Mm -hmm. Or I'm not like other girls or too cool for school.
0: What is a manic pixie dream girl?
1: She is a a female character written for the male gaze that is supposed to be at once like beautiful and whimsical and childlike yeah exactly yeah. and exists mostly to come and give the male's lead character a breath of fresh air and change his life right think i think it was in fact coined for zoe deschanel's portrayal of summer in 500 days of summer right it's certainly yeah. that like yeah. she's the archetypical one but yeah. it's actually it's a really It's a term, it's worth addressing that it's a term absolutely loaded with its own narrative. But it is definitely a trope that you see in some...
0: Scott Pilgrim. yeah,
1: Yeah, in some, particularly romance novels or films, that also particularly you don't normally see written by women. But I think that it can be easy to kind of fall into that pattern i i can see how she could be construed as that but one of the things that i felt about tiffy in this book i really liked tiffy for a start and i think that beth o'leary did a lot to show that tiffy's manic pixie dreamness actually isn't manic pixie dreamness, and in some cases is just her own self-worth having been chipped away at by her abusive ex-partner so one of the things that you would normally describe someone as you know i'm not like other girls etc is like slightly dippy or slightly ditzy or slightly disorganized and it's like tiffy is made to feel that she is that person but actually mm. she's not she she knows a lot about a lot of people she cares deeply and she has a lot of expertise and skill and she has been made to feel that she is dippy or or less than or that her work is not important because of because of people around her yeah which i think is really unfair also that she's not physically i think it's important that she's not physically described in the ways that necessarily normally align with a manic pizza dream girl, but she's also not described in a way that's like, I'm not like other girls. Mm. It seems like most of this identity that people are putting on her of this wackiness, like quirkiness or whatever is down to the way that she dresses. Mm. And I mean, I don't think that in London (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in particular, but also in this day and age. But in London in particular, she would be at all out of step. Out of mm-hmm. It's just wearing what makes you happy. And it's the fact that she, does, she has the gall to do that unapologetically that I think people want to put characters like Tiffy into a box that they can understand. So they want to disregard her as manic pixie dream girl. And in fact, I think that Tiffy in the very book she doesn't directly take on that phrase, nor does she directly take on the I'm a not like other girls phrase. But she does take on the idea that people use code words to describe her because they want to make sense of her. Mm-hmm. Kay, Leon's girlfriend at the opening of the book, does this to her. I think her work colleagues do this to her. Justin, her ex-boyfriend, does this to her. Like People want to define her in a way that they can make sense of it's the idea that she's taking up space basically Mm, that she is taking up your vision that she's taking up space and that's what makes her unique that's what makes her uncategorizable and the need to define her and therefore shrink her into some kind of box that people can understand and it's one of the things that i like about tiffy is that she sees this recognizes it knows like for the most part knows what's being done and is like sod it i'm gonna do it anyway like i like what i wear and i like who i am and also recognizes that it affects her that people do it to her and she gets a little bit on the defensive about it when she's when she meets leon and she you know she starts making the jokes before he can make the jokes but he's not going to make the jokes because all he wants to be is like you look amazing like (laughs) and it also therefore made me like the characterization of leon and tiffy that made that believable, where it wasn't that he didn't see it because he doesn't see what she's wearing, or wasn't that he suddenly started wearing wacky clothes because it opened up that true part of himself. He was just like, "I see you, right? I see you, and I love it for you. I see it and I respect it." There are other characters that I like, but what do you? What did you think of Tiffy? Because I've just talked for a really long time. Well, that's fine.
0: Yeah, I think what is interesting about this uh, the quote-unquote manic, manic pixie dream girl character. Is one of the things that is played up quite a lot when you have this This person is almost their naivety and the fact that they don't realise they're different. It's the mm. you-don't-know-you're-beautiful kind of... You
1: don't-know-you're-beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. exactly.
0: It, I feel like sometimes it's that. And with Tiffy, there was a self-awareness and there was just like, I'm aware of what I like. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't... It, it didn't infantilise her because mm-hmm. she likes to wear bright clothes. And I think that was interesting and i thought that was well done i do think i don't know i have i don't know why i have issues with that kind of character i think it is just because whenever there's i feel like sometimes it sets the male lead up in hetero romances Mm -hmm. obviously to somehow appear to be a better person because they don't Mm -hmm. go for the tall leggy blonde or whatever you want it, you know however you want it yeah. to yeah like, i f- sometimes i feel like it's almost like a little bit of virtue signaling and i don't mm-hmm. know if that was the case here i don't know if i felt that but it is a an issue i have with yeah that kind of characterization.
1: i yeah absolutely or it's like that they change to be more free-spirited and and yeah. again it's that like healed yeah. them or whatever yeah. which i don't think is the case here which i think is no. really important yeah because that's one of the things i like so leon doesn't change like tiffy no. and leon don't change no they heal, but they don't change.
0: And they 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 do heal, and they don't expect anything of each other other than what they already bring mm-hmm. to the situation, which is really nice.
1: Yeah, and, and feels rare.
0: And does feel rare. Yeah, I, I you know I I liked Tiffy, but yeah, I don't know. There was just something that didn't sit right with me, possibly because of my own prejudices. I don't know.
1: No, that's fair. That's a um, fair reason. Yeah, but also Leon felt a bit wet at times. yeah i i really liked leon and i think partially because i could identify with leon and i think maybe that's it i could identify with both characters and therefore i liked both characters i did sometimes want him to be more decisive Mm -hmm. like take more action yes But Tiffy was by far and away the stronger character. And this is a split narrative book, so it it alternates between Tiffy and Leon. Mm -hmm. So you get equal parts Tiffy and Leon, but Tiffy was the stronger. No, agreed.
0: I think it also, what also affects how you see these characters is potentially what you were looking for in a romance book. This is a... Not, as we've discussed already, it's not like sunny everything's rainbows and fucking in sunbeams romance. But it if you are when I read a romance I'm like I want some grit and Mm. I don't necessarily mean grit as in real life trauma Mm -hmm. I
1: just
0: I like an edge to it Mm -hmm. and there was no edge there was about as much edge as a quiche it didn't really (laughs) (laughs) you know I like my protagonist slightly broken what can I say Mm. and yes they were broken in not broken that's not the right word but they had trauma that they were addressing, but it—it it was too healthy for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, like, it's, it's, it. it's a very—it's a very healthily addressed book. But... It's very healthily addressed. It's, but There's a lot of boundaries that are discussed.
1: It's very pleasant, wholesome self care. Mm. But at the same time, there was a little bit of like, okay, now you like and then they go to therapy and then they do this and then they do that and it felt a little bit like almost like a how-to <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it
0: was too real for me it's just too, too real, real. Too despite real. being unbelievable,
1: unbelievable. <laughs> speaking of real have you been finding the wine do
0: you know what it got a lot better yeah uh,
1: the first couple of mouthfuls were like i'm not sure i'm gonna get on board with this and uh, now i'm on board how do you feel I really like it. It's got it's got a little bit more depth to it than it did when I first drank mm. it as well. It's a bit juicy. Mm. It's a bit teeth coaty but not massively. I don't have headache feelings like I have had with some of the wines that we've partaken of recently. Yeah, but I do mm-hmm. have heartburn feelings.
0: All right. So we're going to have a small break there. We'll come back after the break to talk some more about The Flat Chair by Beth O'Leary, to drink some more wine, to talk more about romance novels and all that other kind of business. We'll see you in a bit. Bye. Bye. So we are back from the break to talk some more about The Flat Chair. But we've already checked in about the wine. What are we doing now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're talking about Beth O'Leary's The Flatshare, a romance with a capital R, and some would call it a rom-com. We touched in the first half a little bit about some of the tropes of rom-coms that this book maybe has or does not have. But how? what were your rom-com red flag tropey notices whilst you were reading this book
0: so as I, I i think i mentioned earlier the thing that really fucks me off about romance novels especially one well the romance novels set in the modern day in the western part of the world is that every fucking woman in them works in publishing or in magazines or in PR and that really annoyed me about this because guess what or bakeries so or bakery oh bakeries nice you know safe female jobs no one ever works in stem except in lessons in chemistry mm-hmm. um, so i found that quite annoying i also think the whole forced proximity thing like we said little bit tropey, although there were differences with the like their force its forced proximity but not mm. i think the whole oh, we've introduced a character that's in a relationship, but we're going to be like, guess what? This relationship's in trouble. Wink, wink, Mm. nudge, nudge. Was a bit heavy-handed. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if it might have been different in reading the book to the audiobook, but it was definitely very played up in the audiobook, I thought, that Kay was a
1: dick. There wasn't a lot Uh, of nice things to say about Kay.
0: Exactly. It was all very controlling and strange. Um. And in these romance novels, you never get oh no, a relationship fell apart, but through no one's fault, and it was already sad. There's always a bad guy, mm-hmm. and the bad guy is never the person who's the romantic lead.
1: Yeah, God forbid. So,
0: God forbid. They're always perfect and pure. So that annoyed me. I mean, I do I do like a romance because they are safe and predictable. Yeah. And sometimes that's what you need. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, oh really
1: well i think that's that's the interesting thing about cliches versus tropes like the forced proximity that's a trope that is a plot point that That people enjoy and gravitate towards that is like you know like a turn-on for for lack of a better phrase or in fact the the best phrase i feel
0: like forced proximity is a turn-on for lazy people because they're like oh fuck they're there (laughs) might as well
1: maybe I, i i don't know as a lazy person it doesn't (laughs) <laughs> work for me so <laughs> okay fair enough but yeah like tropes tropes are plot points that you gravitate towards i feel like tropes can often be more positive and you can dislike a trope but that's that whereas i think the cliche thing about like women working in publishing or like mm. if it's a regency romance the hero is a duke like the the ratio of dukes in regency romances or women in publishing in modern romances yeah. over any other job is Astounding. insane and actually there was a recent episode of of a podcast called in Romance that's run by Book Riot about just this exact thing in fact they did it over a couple of episodes about who you don't see regular jobs or even unusual jobs it's bakeries publishing sports generic sports as well like <laughs> it's like as a coach for reasons <laughs> You know why? Because we
0: needed abs, and no one in IT has abs. Is basically pretty much what it's, yeah.
1: Or billion, you know, generic billionaire. generic billionaire. He works in business. He made his money in business. He does investing. investing
0: and in then, money. if no, you're no, talking no.
1: about, you know, like this is romance, not necessarily rom coms, but like yeah. if you're talking about romance thrillers, then it's like security question mark means a lot of different things Definitely to a lot of means people. People
0: trafficking or drug dealing.
1: My point is that, like, I think the That's difference between. Thing tropes and cliche is is important and you can dislike a trope but a trope serves a point Mm. whereas i think a cliche for me feels like lazy writing or lazy marketing because i actually don't always think that it's the writer that makes that happen i think it's when the when the profession is incidental to the person then the profession is going to be one of those things where I think this book did it differently and where I think some other books that I've read recently have done it differently is the profession is integral to the plot like or at least part of the identity so Tiffy works in publishing works in a magazine but she says you know I could work in a lot of different things and I have worked in a lot of different things but I like this company I like what I do I like crafts I like working with the authors and that for me it's interesting and then you've also got the foil of leon the palliative of care nurse which i think is un- unusual. yeah I that was I mean unusual. it is yeah. it it does feel like shorthand for by the way he can care about people
0: <laughs> yeah you're right but, you know how you can tell someone's caring nursing
1: yeah exactly but i didn't have as much of a reaction against it mm. as i do in some some cases because i felt like it was necessary and also, it's fair to say that I, my weakness is basically you've got mail. Like, is it books or books adjacent? And do they sort of hate each other and then like each other? That's my, that's the thing I like. So, Darcy plus books. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's Pride and Prejudice. Like, you can love, you can love. Certain yeah. things are cliches because they work and they're fun. Certain things are cliches yeah. because you expect to read them. You expect to read a holiday romance that talks about hot chocolate and ice skating and the first snow and chopping down a Christmas tree. You want that. That's what you want from it. I think where this book does things differently is that it's not a, not just a full tropey romance. Mm-hmm. I do think that it attempts to subvert some of those tropes. Mm-hmm. You've, you have mentioned it yourself. Like the fact is that there is a, forced proximity and yet they are not actually in the same room at the time of it but they yeah. have to be in each other's lives mm. and there's only one bed but they're not in it and they're
0: never in it at the same time until they are and then oh yeah yeah
1: and so i think that 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 is what makes this book interesting as opposed to some less well-written mm. works but that being said i don't think that if a book follows a trope it necessarily is a bad thing. I think the cliches can be bad and I think the cliches are any cliches if they don't have a reason. I think Beth O'Leary does an admirable job of trying to give Tiffy a reason. I wonder what Tiffy could have been if not a crafting...
0: I would have seen her working for charity.
1: Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I agree. There were subversions of tropes and yes, there is a difference between trope and cliche. Absolutely. And for all that I'm like, stupid, silly things, I did enjoy it. But it was it was safe. Yeah. In a way that wasn't actually safe because the characters exhibited signs of trauma and traumatic events. On which note We have touched briefly on the fact that prior to living with Leon and then subsequently being in a relationship with Leon, Tiffy was in an abusive relationship emotionally abusive specifically with a person called justin mm-hmm. who is a steaming taunt
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and the book i think the book does a very interesting job of not coming straight in with this is a traumatic relationship that i have just left and i'm looking to get away from it builds on tiffy's realization that the relationship she has just left was not was not okay was not healthy How well do you think this book tackles... And there are other issues, you know, trauma and things within it. How well do you think this book tackles trauma, trust, rebuilding relationships, rebuilding yourself after Mm. these sort of events?
1: I was quite impressed, although it did make it seem very linear and easy. Mm. Uh, So both Tiffy and Leon have trust issues Mm -hmm. tiffy because she's coming to terms with what she did not realize was an abusive relationship leon because of his relationship with his mother who he has seen in abusive relationships and also because of what's happened with his brother and i think one of the things i liked about the way that this book portrays you know, trust and trauma is that they have two very different kinds of trauma. they have two very different kinds of trust issues, and they are both explored they are both given room they are given equal weight in the plot they are given equal weight in in the feelings and emotions of both characters, slightly annoying, but of course that they had to happen on the same day, mm-hmm. which like obviously it's it's both of course that was going to happen but i did I did find that a little bit annoying at some points. I felt like. It was too easy, and that might be—it's a book, and it's trying to show a narrative. But yeah. Tiffy, Tiffy's relationship, particularly—you know—we've talked about Tiffy being the, the more sort of focused in on character. Tiffy's relationship and the realization that Justin is a piling steam of shit. Her realization of that and other people's realization of that, I think, was—it was really interesting to see that played out. That felt very realistic to me. That kind of slow unpicking of, oh, actually, this is this yeah. has been bad, and also heartbreaking to yeah, to really watch is. her physically and emotionally react while she's trying to heal. Hard, but then I felt like the slow unfolding of it and the patience of people, including professional therapy people, counselor people, and everything to have that unfold with people who are their friends not their patients and stuff it was very linear and there was a kind of token oh i know that i'm never going to be completely fine and i'm gonna it's gonna take some time to unpick it but it, it did feel very linear from sad to slow realization to acute realization like, yeah. to recovery which i feel like is misleading and on the flip side leon's almost felt rushed yeah it was it was like leon had the someone suits in and saves the day moment and then one one brief warble backwards and then everything is fine and dandy and so while I think that it did a really good job of examining the different kinds of trauma and the different ways that you can trust or mistrust someone and the way that that trust can be betrayed, I do think that it, I said it earlier, I think that this book maybe bit off more than it could chew in terms of fully developing that. How about you?
0: yeah it was I mean it's very hard to as we've talked about already there are a lot of things happening in this book in, in what is a reasonably short space of time so to write a con- convincing is possibly not the word but to write a realistic portrayal of realisation of emotional trauma and fit that in around a romance around mm. a subplot to do with crochet around Brighton it was a lot to ask and I think it did feel rushed. And I think there's, I think what's interesting is the the idea of, not idea, it is an accepted thing, but the body's reaction to trauma sometimes happens before the mind has had a chance to process it. And I think that was what happened with Tiffy. And it was interesting to see that. Uh, mm. and quite often you just get gasp the new man has saved me from the rake who mm-hmm. has treated me appallingly which this was not this was yes there was a that actually that's a good point there was a little bit of heroic leonis saving me in a way by protecting me mm-hmm. from this man but she has to do the healing herself mm-hmm. yeah so i think and with Leon's trauma I guess it was it was different because it was indirect Mm. uh, in a way that Tiffy's wasn't which is not to say it's any easier or any less it's just a different process I think Mm. and I think if you're going to talk about trauma and you're going to talk about healing you don't talk about it in the sense of I was so distraught and then this person this person not accounted for my healing, or or was the catalyst, which is what it felt like with that epilogue. I think mm-hmm. is that she had gone from being, you know, just in making her feel this way, and then suddenly two years later, they're getting ma- like Leon and she were getting married. But then is that
1: legitimate healing, healing in
0: progress, or is that
1: trauma bonding?
0: Eh? And I don't
1: I don't think that this book is full trauma bonding and I don't really think that it gives that impression. No. But I do think that there is an argument for a bit of it. I agree with you, you know, like, all, around everything that you've said. I just think that... I think that it's really complicated. I don't think that Beth O'Leary has done a bad job. No. I just think that there were choices that were made that were probably made not just by Beth O'Leary... Or if By they, editors, yeah, yeah. that it goes back to cramming quite a lot in. Like, there were choices that were made that I think diminished one person's trauma in favor of another's and negated some of the healing process in the interest of a happy ending.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way of
1: looking at it. What was your favorite moment from this book?
0: Ooh, what was my favorite moment? That's actually really hard, which is not to say that I had no mm. favourite moments. I just felt like it was a series of. I felt like it was a series of events. I think possibly the highlight for me was that bit when Tiffy is doing the. Like she's at the, the hospice mm. with a crochet lady whose name I can't remember, doing the demo for people. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to find Leon and Leon's like, no, I'm not ready to meet her yet. And was just hiding um, mm. because that was like the first sort of intentional moment of they are actually trying to meet. Mm. And yet he's all shaken up by this and this letter and, and everything else that's going on. And it did feel a little bit silly at times, but it was also very kind of, they didn't just bump into each other in the hallway and go, Oh my God, you're so beautiful. Mm. And, it was a realistic sort of thing of like, oh, fuck, I'm attracted to this person. I don't actually want to see them. Um, I'm just going to go down here. Yeah, I quite like that. I yeah. That was quite nice. What did you think?
1: I also like that bit. I think the bit that I could imagine the most vividly, like you, I feel like there were a series of small moments that were just enjoyable. Like it's a very, for everything that went on, it's a very enjoyable book to read. And there is a lot of, there's no real kapow moments that are, Positive. Let's put it that way. So all the all the positive moments are very small, which I love. That's that's how I live my life. There were little moments that stayed with me, and the one that stays with me is actually the second time they meet, where they agree to meet in a station, mm. and he sees her come through the door, up the escalator, or something, and he can see her walking because she's wearing some kind of I think it's bright yellow dress. Yeah. And it's not that she's six foot tall and gorgeous, but to him, she's... I think the word that you would probably use is striking. Yes. But but to him, he's like, I am so poised to meet this person. And this person is at once everything I thought she'd be and nothing like I thought she'd be. But Jesus Christ, can I not stop looking at her like a fucking comet walking through a room? Like, (laughs) and I... I just think that that is so magical and I can picture it. I can picture it. It's not the same station, it's not the same person or anything, but I can picture I can picture the scene so vividly and it comes back to me quite a lot. Mm. So I really I really loved that as a meet cute in the sense that yes, they've already met at some point you know, half naked and everything and that was very funny. But I I yeah. I think that the way that they formally meet and this sort of quite chaste journey that they go on to Brighton or it's intended to be chaste and this in search of, it's, it's quite a romantic journey in the capital R sense of like trying to unite people who are, should be together just feels like the exact blending of their two personalities we're getting on the train together we're going to get to know each other on the way down to brighton i see you across a crowded room but all of these things it just felt very cinematic and lovely and i really enjoyed it
0: it was almost you know the beginning i, I hate love actually i do but the whole thing in the beginning about like oh when you go to the airport oh, dip, 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 dip. but yeah it did, it
1: did it did feel like, like it did yeah. feel like the scene where Everything goes a little bit blurry, and you only see the person that you're meant to see. Yeah. And I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Also, I love love. So,
0: <laughs> all right, Hugh Grant, come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on that note, sappy oh, note. Kim
0: loves love.
1: I love love. <laughs> do you love love? Do you love love? The wine. How- the wine. The Bruce Jack stream of consciousness 2021 off of South Africa. Mm-hmm. I like the wine. I don't love, love the wine. Okay. I like it. It's very nice. I found it really drinkable. I don't feel like the strong flavours that were promised delivered. But actually, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the chocolate could have been sickly after a couple of glasses. I think that actually what this wine does is blend it all really nicely. In terms of stream of consciousness and how it pairs with this book, I would say that it is more easy drinking than this book was, but equally as enjoyable and kind of just fine is too mild. Like it's just good, slightly warm, fuzzy spine feelings. Like (laughs) I'm going to give it four because I think that it is a really good, slightly special but really appealing wine and I think for people who don't drink a lot of red wine you could serve this to them and be like taste the chocolate taste this and it would be exciting but for people who do drink red wine it is not so flavorful that it is overpowering for grapes interesting
0: I obviously had a very very visceral reaction at the beginning. I was just like, mm, <laughs> no. And I, I I think you're right. I think that could have been because I had a glass of white before we started. But it definitely grew on me. I think after the first kind of mm, four mouthfuls, mouthfuls, okay. uh, five mouthfuls, it was very drinkable. And I actually think I prefer this to the reds that we've had this mm. season because it was just rich enough. I haven't got heartburn yet. It has not been too fluffy on the mouth, but also we have had quite a lot of th- sort of thin red, and this mm-hmm. was not super gelatinous red. Mm-hmm. It had good body.
1: So I'm
0: going to go with the 3.5.
1: Nice. What about the flat share? So we are only rating the book because we've not watched the TV show, but how did you feel about the flat share, the book, by Beth O'Leary?
0: I enjoyed, I think it suffered because, as I said, I was reading another romance at the time, and some of the things conflated, which possibly didn't do it the justice it deserves. I think it was funny. I think it was different enough to be memorable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think it was lazy at times. I'm going to give it the same as the wine. 3.5. Nice. What
1: are you going for? I really enjoyed it, but I didn't know that I would like it as much as I did. I think that as well, like... As I've said, I think that I tackled some really difficult things that I found didn't ruin it for me, frankly, which could have. Yep. And if I'd known about it going on in, might have. So I'm also giving it the same as I gave the wine because I'm giving it four. Nice uh, really enjoyed it. Good job, Beth O'Leary. I feel like for me, Beth O'Leary is a bit of an auto read. Like I I would be happy to receive her books like I enjoy them. <laughs>
0: So thank you for joining us on Grape Culture. Don't forget, we will be back in two weeks' time with a brand new episode. In the meantime, if you want to check out our other episodes, we have Instagram, which is at Grape Culture Podcast. We are on Twitter, at Grape Culture Pod. We also have a website, which is grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. And yes, if you like us, don't forget to leave us a rating, a review if you can. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.